This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris Welcome back to the podcast. It's the Wednesday edition, something that I've mixed up recently here, going to a a three-day-a-week format, kind of, sort of, maybe, at least for the past couple of weeks and likely for the uh, next couple of weeks going forward, which has caused me to mix things up a little bit on the content side, meaning what I decide to talk about. Today, I got a little intelligence brief for you. Unlike the unintelligence that's spewed out through the mainstream media, many others at this point, really, it's all just garbage for the most part. I try to do my best to help guide you through that. And as I've said many times, my goal in sharing these stories is not to tell you what to think. You can make up your own mind regardless whether you agree with me or not. Half the time, I don't even know. But I try to do my part in um, offering information offering my insights so that people can think and make up their own mind. I have to believe that there's still a couple of people left that, armed with actual facts, will make solid decisions. Let's not go down that rabbit hole, shall we? The first thing I want to talk about was something that was, for many years, near and dear to my heart. Well, not really. I don't know if I'd get that carried away. The Supreme Court and a, uh, a family from Idaho has uh, hampered the Environmental Protection Agency's ability to regulate wetlands. And if you listen to the liberal establishment side, they would say that this is bad, that this is uh, harming important protections for our waterways, our water resources that were blah, 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 blah. All this emotion and drama. What's the reality of the situation? Why would I even care about any of this? Well, where would you think wetlands are? Like marshes and areas, you know, in New Jersey, we have them here, down around the Delaware River. But they occur in other places as well. Mouths of small creeks and streams and along the edges of creeks, streams, and certain ponds and low-lying areas. And these wetlands areas are just as important to the ecosystem as the waterways are. And to that end, I completely agree that they should be protected, preserved, and uh, kept clean, if you will, or free from um, pollutants, right? But here became the problem. And I literally experienced this. You've heard me talk about my uh, days as a real estate developer, and one of the big problems was they would identify this area of wetlands sometimes very, very small, okay? Let's just say you're developing a 100-acre property, and you carve out your roads and your home sites. And how do you think that process works? What do you think that looks like as a developer? You're trying to maximize views and southern exposure and privacy. Imagine that, right? Not the government. Mm -mm. They're going to say to you, you got wetlands, And you say, what do you mean I got wetlands? It's on a hill. There's not even any water on the property. I kid you not. I had this exact thing happen. We were miles from the nearest waterway. Okay? They say, well, 
uh, our maps show that there's alluvial soils there, they say. Alluvial soils. And alluvial soils would indicate the presence of wetlands. But just because there's alluvial soils doesn't mean that there is. You see what I'm saying? But in their mind there was. And that's where the problems became. And they would identify these little pieces. This happened all over Pennsylvania uh, in the early 90s. These ridiculous standards imposed on developers that served to do nothing but uh, destroy communities, really. A good friend of mine who's an engineer who dealt with this on a different end, he said, why don't they just pay a fee and actually go build a habitat somewhere that makes sense? Anyway, here's the basic legal argument in this whole thing, and I completely agree. The argument of the people who made their claim was that the government is required to follow the plain English language of the law and not make crap up, which is exactly what they did. Now, I don't know what the exact details are, but for illustrative purposes, I didn't go back and study the whole case text. You know, for example, perhaps alluvial soils doesn't even appear in the law. So the, the, the department then, faced with this, quote, ambiguity, had to create this definition. And I think the courts have said, no say. Mm -mm -mm -mm. The legislature does that, not these departments. And for far too long, lazy politi politicians have done that. Oh, we're going to let the experts decide. Well, this is like anything, right? If you ask a doctor, should you take the vaccine, they're always going to say yes. Always. Absolutely always. They'll tell you to stay out of the sun, don't eat apples, don't eat carrots, don't eat too many oranges, certainly don't drink, smoke, inhale any pollutants. What's left if you're going to listen to the doctor? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm kind of a sort of a big health guy in some ways. I know some people would laugh at that. I kind of do myself. But I do work pretty hard to nourish myself and, you know, eat the right things. And, um, you know, this is the way we take care of ourselves. Anyway, I don't know. To me, the government shouldn't be making up regulations. It should be follow the plain English language of the law. That's my opinion on it. And I suppose at least for now the Supreme Court agrees. We'll find out. And by the way, just to mention this last thing for your uh, educational analysis here, I said back in the early 90s, I've been talking about this for over 30 years. Over 30 years, and who knows how many hundreds of millions, billions of dollars of real estate development were negatively impacted by these ridiculous laws. At the time that I realized how ridiculous it was, I was some punk 20-something-year-old kid doing construction layout. And I'm standing there going, my buddy, oh, no, don't. this is stupid. And we could see that. And I know that I was right because here we are now. It's finally getting overturned. 30 years later, 30-plus years. MSNBC says that the United States is falling on the inclusivity scale. There's no mystery why. I didn't really get into the uh, mystery why, but I guess the United States just ranks bottom in everything right now. I don't know what else to say. The secret industry devouring the United States economy. You better listen to this a little bit carefully because I take some of this in jest and I like to joke around, but this is very important to understand. Very, very important. You heard the Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum. What did he say? I don't know what kind of accent that is, but play along, would you? 
It says we don't own nothing and so be happy. <laughs> that was pretty good. Own nothing and just be happy. <laughs> right? That's Klaus Schwab. And you know, people, hey, who is he to say? And I kind of laugh. I kinda, not kind of, I do laugh. I'm like, God, Klaus Schwab's not making any decisions for me, bro. And he's not making any for you. What are you getting all riled up about? I'm thinking to myself, are you sure he's talking about what's going to happen? Or is he simply reflecting on what has already happened? And you say, what? I told you, I'm going to give you the intelligence briefing. And you're going to have to decide for yourself. Listen to this. The public traded company is disappearing. In, I've talked about the destruction of businesses, particularly small businesses. The publicly traded company is disappearing. In 1996, about 8,000 firms were listed on the United States stock market. Since then, the national economy has grown by nearly $20 trillion, population increased by $70 million. But despite that, the number of public companies today is less than 4,000, down from 8,000. In about that same time frame of that heinous regulation that came out through the EPA, that they relied on the Clean Water Act from the 1970s, and they sat on that for 20 years. Then they came out with this weird alluvial soil, whatever the detail that was, this weird interpretation, progress, they called it, the environment, and it was a disaster. What is the tie? <laughs> it's exactly what I started with. I don't know. I'm asking you. You're a lot. Everybody listening is a lot smarter than me. I've realized that from the emails. Everybody, I'm kidding around, really. Um, but you know, a lot of people think they're smarter than me. You tell me what's going on. Was is Schlob talking about what's going to happen, or is he talking about what did happen? You tell me how we've lost that many companies. But yet all my stock funds are still doing great, which is really fascinating. Of course, they do make a distinction of the American public companies. So what does this mean? This means that private equity has returned these countries to private companies from being public companies. So, for example, Twitter. Elon bought it. He bought all the shares. In a, in a hostel, I, maybe somebody knows. I don't know, because I, I don't think they can force you to give up shares, right? So do the individuals involved, do they still own? I don't know how that works exactly. Or was everybody bought out? Maybe somebody knows, I don't know. I don't know what the stock makeup was. All I know is that the company is no longer publicly held. It's no longer on the stock exchange. And Elon is free from that <clears throat> regulatory body there to do whatever he wants. Apparently likes it. But you should listen very carefully when you have, quote, private equity. Who is this private equity? Oh, you better take a look, my friend, because not a lot of it is American. And these foreign investors are buying up companies. And they just, you think they care about the employees or the environment or any of it? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, Texas lawmakers vote to let, by the way, another thing that it points to is the disgusting exaggeration of stock market value. Really disgusting, actually. Uh, how much does that private equity falsely run up those prices, nonetheless? Um, 
Texas finally votes to let local police arrest migrants. Fascinating to me that a migrant enjoys these fantastic uh, protections that none of us would enjoy. Here was an article I saw uh, about a woman who claims that she lived in Philadelphia her whole life and wanted to share a few things about Philadelphia. And um, where are they here? Uh, Fishtown isn't the only restaurant area. Nobody knows. Nobody coming to Philadelphia knows about Fishtown. Uh, be prepared for BYOB restaurants. Pat's and Geno's aren't the only places to get a good cheesesteak. A friend of mine was in visiting from Indiana, and um, he was asking about this cheesesteak deal. I'm going to tell you, as far as the Delaware Valley is concerned, where Philadelphia is part of, not the only piece of, but you can get many much better steaks than this crap at Pat's and Geno's. Philly has more green space than you might expect, and also a lot more traffic than you might expect. People tend to be much nicer than our reputation implies. Listen to this. Philadelphians can sometimes have a reputation for being gruff, but more often than not, we're incredibly welcoming. Um, I would say to you that is the biggest lie on the planet. New York is much friendlier than the nasty filth in the city. Um, Don't take pictures on the Rocky Steps. Go in the art museum, too. I would say don't waste your time. Philly is more than just New York's little brother. New York, uh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia is nothing. We're going up to to, to New York soon. And I'm going to tell you, the city of Philadelphia is nothing to compare to, to New York. So I hope I was able to set your expectations. Another big uh, legal story here. You don't hear much going on about this. Supreme Court wades into property seizure laws uh, that have been benefiting police department budgets. And this is where cops, oh, we found drugs in the car, we're taking everything. I don't understand how it's been constitutional at all, really. In Brazil, no, forgive me. Hold on. It was in Georgia. I thought it was a Brazilian jitsu, naturally. Okay, I had that wrong. Let me start over. The North American Grappling Association had its uh, um, championship in Georgia. And a bunch of dudes tried to compete in the female category, and all the females quit. And so this is really interesting to me. Um, Georgia Grappling Association uh, would allow this to go on. The issue first received widespread attention in September after it was learned that a female Brazilian jiu-jitsu athlete had not been informed she, informed she would be competing against the male. Um, she posted a clip of her fight against the male, noting that there was a 65-pound uh, weight difference between them. Unbelievable, really. Um, crazy to me that this is how we treat women. And, and maybe, is that what they're talking about, the uh, uh, failing on the inclusivity scale? That you're not not allowed to be a, a real woman anymore. Off-duty federal agent uh, shoots and kills a 13-year-old who was trying to carjack him. It was in Washington D.C., our nation's capital, as you know. 13-year-old boy, and this off-duty cop had to shoot and kill him. Hmm. How are you going to deal with a similar situation? I've uh, spoken about this as a huge security threat. Think about it. What do you do? I saw a video going online. Um, I don't even know if it was real. It showed a, uh, a small girl, maybe the age of my daughter, knocking on a door in a ring camera asking for help. Please help. Please help. Here's a test for you, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the test. Mm-mm-mm. We've gone through a few of these. This is a little impromptu, okay? 
You can email your email me your answers at info at ChristopherScottShow.com. All right? And if you answer me with a stupid answer, I'm going to let you know about it. All right? Here's the question. It is, um, eh, let's go reasonable because if we get too late, excuse the story. Let's say it's 8 p.m., okay? 8 p.m. here outside of Philadelphia. It's dark this time of year. It is 8 p.m. You're not expecting anybody at the house, and you hear in a female voice, please help. What do you do? Hmm? What do you do in that situation? Little girl out there, please help. 8 o'clock at night, you're not expecting anybody. You don't recognize her. What do you do? Mm-hmm. You're going to open that door? You're going to rush out and help there, Superman? I bet you would, too. Unbelievable when you think about how difficult this becomes. When they're using children for crimes. Good luck. Good luck. Um, Biden issued an executive order on artificial intelligence. This is another law. I don't see how it's constitutional. You know what the law is or the, or the, or the executive order? This edict from King Biden. He's basically saying to, to AI companies, everything you do, you have to report to the federal government. That's basically what it says. Now, why would you invest in developing new technology if you had to go show everybody what you were doing? Why would you do that? Obviously meant to what? Destroy it. Perfect. He doesn't have to say that. No, we didn't destroy it. We were just trying to hold AI companies accountable to make it better. Yeah, that's what they'll tell you. Speaking of what they'll tell you, listen to this. I never thought of this one. Uh, Joe Biden sold a house in 1996 for $1.2 million. 30 years later, it appraised for $1.6. Meaning that when he sold it, the, the buyer way overpaid him. <laughs> it's unbelievable, really, how... How far the, uh, uh, the, the, the um, what do you call it, the, the, the um, corruption can go. Where does it end with these people? Isn't it amazing that Trump is on trial for fraud? Everybody got paid. Everybody made money. Not the investor of this house. Now, you tell me who was misreporting values. Pretty interesting, right? But Uncle Joe pocketed the cash. No big deal. Just another way of funneling. And how do you ever stop that? You can't stop a politician from selling property. Never going to be able to do that. Listen to this little humdinger. Ukraine uh, tried to launch a drone attack on a Russian nuclear power plant. Luckily, the Russians were able to repel it. I've told you. They will do whatever they need to do to stop Trump from becoming president. And I don't know, maybe I've got the, the act of desperation wrong. Maybe I've got the reason for the desperation wrong. But it's clear to me that there's desperate actors. Zelensky, desperate. He has to keep this ruse going to keep the money flowing. The war can never, when the war ends, Zelensky ends. The only way the war ends is when Zelensky says, I've had enough. Why would anybody support this? I can't believe that the country is still putting up with this crap. Maybe uh, Russia wanted him in there so that they could, you know, undo it. They knew he would be a weak leader. I don't know. I really don't know. Fascinating to me, though. So Zelensky's going to go and start a nuclear war. Whatever it takes. He doesn't care. They're, they're going to they're be getting out of it soon is what's going to happen. i got a little bit more to update you on later in the week. All right.
Um, I want to talk about, well, let me mention this story real quick. And then I want to talk to you about this migrant situation for a little bit, right? Um, this is from New York Mag. COVID lockdowns were a giant experiment. It was a failure. Wow. You were, listen, this is being publicly put out. And uh, one of the great mysteries of the pandemic is why so many countries followed China's example. In the United States and UK especially, lockdowns went from being regarded as something that only authoritarian government would attempt to an example of following the science. But there was never any science behind lockdowns. Not a single study had ever been undertaken to measure the efficacy in stopping a pandemic. When you got right into it, lockdowns were little more than a giant experiment. This whole thing, then they talk about how Bush uh, started this back all the way back then, Bush Sr., he read a book on the on the on the Spanish flu. And said, oh, we got to prepare for this. He knew what he was doing. He's a CIA product. Came out of all and goes, "Hmm, I think this might be useful." All these different things that were done in the eighties, nineties. <laughs> Where do you see what the next thirty years? They kept going with this nonsense. The the real heavy stuff hasn't even hit yet. Wait till, wait till the impact of three generations of transgenderism hit. You know what? The, it'll get so loony, they'll go back to being straight. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be going back to straight white males. Um, all right. COVID. I, you know, I read that story, and it made me so angry at the games that were played. The people out there, Arnold Schwarzenegger, screw your freedom, all those people so angry pressuring people to get vaccines. Unreal, really, when you think about it. Unreal. Um, all right. Biden administration secretly let in thousands of unvetted migrants from countries of national security concern. There are many, many stories popping up right now about uh, serious, hardcore criminals coming into the country through the border that Biden has you know, mistakenly let in. I don't think it was mistakenly at all. I think this is uh, the beginning of the Bolshevik Revolution. I think that our currency is in serious, serious trouble. They're not even really telling us. There's probably some people in the government going, I can't believe these wheels are still turning. I don't know. But they're letting these people in here to create trouble, to stir up trouble on purpose. They're going to use it for some purpose. I guarantee it's not going to be good for you. So then... And I'm going to work through, I'm going to give you a week's worth of news here, condensed, okay? So then this story came out, whatever the date was, or date on this, it was sometime last week, um, where they were, and this is from the Wall Street Journal, by the way, that New York City was considering uh, tents for migrants. Well, less than a week later, <laughs> New York City opening encampment for 2,000 migrants, despite fire safety concerns. They've got these giant tents set up. Mayor Adams forging ahead with plans to open a massive encampment to house 2,000 migrants in coming days. These are FEMA camps, my friend. And, you know, you remember when they enacted these laws with COVID to have these camps? I mean, what are these for? What are you going to do with them? I think we might be seeing it unfold right now. Whatever these people that don't quickly assimilate and make themselves productive and welcome, they're going to get stuck in these camps. They might never get out. I don't know. 
I wouldn't want to be there. Very vulnerable position to be in. But there's the more vulnerable position. New York budget official warns that the migrant crisis is putting states' services at risk. Now, you better pay attention to what's going on up there and look around a little bit because I think a lot of people have their heads in the sand. I'm heading up to New York soon. I'm really concerned about it. I think everything will be fine for this visit, but everything's always fine until it's not. And that switch can turn so, so quickly. And I say the same thing that I said when when Russia was stacking up on the Ukrainian border. I didn't believe that they were going to do it either. But I wouldn't have left the gates wide open. Oh, they didn't even have gates at the border. They didn't have anything, not so much as a Jersey barrier. Why would you do that? Why would they do that at all? Why, when you have a a country that's threatening to attack you, and even if you don't believe it, you're just going to leave the border wide open like that? It seemed to be on purpose, kind of like leaving our border wide open. But either way, let's not get caught up in the emotion and the politics. The point of this part of the conversation, plain and simple, is your security, your family's security. 13-year-old kid trying to carjack an off-duty cop in Washington, D.C. We don't hear anything about the nationality, the race. Oh, no. You know, I can tell you it wasn't white. It was not a white kid. You know how I know? Because they would have made that public. That would have been publicized if it was a white kid. So you know it wasn't a white kid. Some other nationality. Asians in this country are, are freely bashed. So not likely that it was a uh, Asian either, right? So there you have it. Where does that put us? Black or brown? But of course that would be racist. It'd be racist for me to do that process of elimination and say that. So I wouldn't say that. So you can figure it out on your own. You got 13-year-old kid. This was an easy. This was just one. What would have happened if it was two or three of them? And when he's shooting the one, the buddy behind him cracked him in the back of the head. What are you going to do in that situation? And I see it now. These videos coming around and kids knocking on doors. How long before that becomes a thing? How many people couldn't say no? They hear a little girl, go, please, 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 please. Oh, I'll bet you. What would you do? I want to know. Info at ChristopherScottShow.com. I'm going to raise the ante a little bit on this. It's 11 o'clock at night, well past the child's bedtime. And just bawling, blood-curdling screams, banging on your, please, I know you're in there. Please help me. What are you going to do? I bet you I know what a lot of people would do. We'll see. I'm trying to just give you what I see as the uh, security concerns so that you can act appropriately. If you ask me, I would not open that door. Not at all. I really believe that that little girl was in harm's way. Unfortunately, I'm not able to describe for you on this podcast how I would handle it. So i let you, as I said, <laughs> figure it out on your own. But I'd be interested to know if you want to take a moment to email me at info at Christopher Scott show.com. Why would we allow our border to be decimated like this? I see another story making its rounds. Um, story articles with photographs of the white people crying and saying, make them go, get get rid of them. Oh, yeah? Who's going to do that? Who's going to do that now? Well, how's that going to happen exactly? Hmm? 
Who? Who are we rounding up and getting out? People have no idea the problem that's been created. You think that it took uh, 30 years to clean up bad wetlands laws? Wait till you see how much this country suffers as a result of, of this crazy lunacy going on at the border. I don't know that the country can ever be the same, really. How could it at the end of the day? I don't know. God willing, this country, we've been through a lot, and the ideals that make it strong and for the people to uh, be able to worship their God is what this country was founded on. You know, it's interesting to me that we, we get to see this fight for a Jewish nation, not for a Christian nation. This country was meant to be something different, a country for all people that could come and live peacefully. Is that possible? Or do we need a Christian nation? I don't think so. Christ was never meant to be a nation, my friends. That was the whole reason for Christ, if you really understand it. It can't happen that way. If you really understand Christianity and what Christ said, there can be no Christian nation. Not on this planet, my friend. I'll let you suck that in for a while and digest it. I'm sure there's going to be people that disagree with me. God willing, I'll be back on Friday. It's a busy week to be sure, but I'm planning on being there. I hope to see you there in the meantime. Make it a great day.